Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin and he is Aaron McIntyre. A lot going on on today's show. Congressman Chip Roy will join us at the bottom of the hour and see if we can find out what the hell is going on because I honestly do not know. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of approaching the point that I don't care. Which is one of the reasons I don't know. I don't even really care to find out. I mean, what, because I just find the whole thing pointless. But we'll see what Chip thinks coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We will play fake news or not next hour. Be joined by my daughter as well. Disney's got another flop on its hands. And this one is extremely well deserved. In fact, this is complete anti-Western civilization tripe. It's agitprop. It's not even a film. It's called The Creator. I saw it on Sunday. We'll get into that for Pop Culture Tuesday. So all that and more coming your way on today's show. But let's get it going as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly. Florida Congressman Matt Gates last night made a motion to vacate the chair of the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Gates talked about why he made the motion. And if this country's going down and if we're losing the dollar, I am going down fighting. And I don't care if that means fighting Republicans, Democrats, the Uniparty, the leadership, the PACs, the lobbyists. I've had it. I've been here seven years. We don't have a budget. This morning, Gates and McCarthy confronted each other in a congressional hallway. You're leaving now. I'm not budging until we make this nice. All right? But you asked for it. Ask for what? <laughs> Don't you dare go bonus on me, Sean. Okay, my bad. Ow, 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 ow. You see? That's why it's not... Ow, you son of a bitch! During his trip to Iowa over the weekend, here's what Donald Trump had to say about McCarthy. Well, I don't want to comment on it yet. I think it's too early. It just happened a little while ago. I've always had a great relationship with him. He said very nice things, I know, this morning about me and uh, the job I've done, Kevin McCarthy, so I appreciate that. By the way, the Trump campaign released a statement last night calling on the RNC to rig the primary and cancel the third GOP primary debate. The death penalty for child rapists is now in effect in the state of Florida. It's the result of a bill which passed through the Florida legislature with bipartisan support and subsequently signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis. Another example of Florida leading the way. Back in D.C., Texas Democrat Congressman Henry Quaylar was the victim of an armed carjacking yesterday. Reports say the congressman was parking in his car near Navy Yard when he was confronted by three armed assailants who stole his 2019 Honda CHR. No suspects have been named. By the way, here's what 16th Street Northwest at the so-called BLM Plaza looked like circa 2020. In Philadelphia, journalist and left-wing activist Josh Kruger was found murdered in his own home. The victim of seven gunshot wounds just a few days ago, Kruger tried to dunk on Dilbert comic strip creator Scott Adams and his prophecy about rampant crime if Biden won election. He also extolled the Soros-backed district attorney in Philly and decried claims the city was overrun with violence. 
Former Major League Baseball standout pitcher Trevor Bauer has settled his legal dispute with a woman who accused him of beating and sexually assaulting her. In a three-plus-minute video made by Bauer and posted on social media, he reveals texts between the woman and one of her friends where she reveals her plans to frame Bauer for sexual assault. Bauer also revealed a video made by the woman the morning after she claims the pitcher beat her up. You can see she clearly has no bruises as she smirks at the camera. Major League Baseball initially suspended Bauer for 324 games, but the ban was reduced to 194 games by an independent arbitrator in December. No Major League team picked him up, but Bauer managed to continue his career in Japan. I'm bringing this up on the montage because this has to be one of the most egregious examples ever of a false accusation from a woman against a man resulting in career and reputation damage. Back when these accusations were lobbied, left-wing media, of course, was quick and eager to smear Bauer. Also a lesson here, promiscuity is bad. And finally, how did we miss this from last week's GOP primary debate? Please allow me to welcome our Spanish-speaking audience. Muy buenas noches a todos. Desde la Biblioteca Presidencial Ronald Reagan. Why are we speaking Spanish and why are the people who can't even speak the language of this country allowed to vote? This is just weird. We are in America, right? Are we? I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. Go to a break. Ilya. We need to go to a commercial break where Reagan built a coalition. <laughs> that's Damon Imani at Rumble, and that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Patriot Mobile for a decade now. They've been on the cutting edge of the parallel economy as America's only American pro-America wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Uh, Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage coverage you've been accustomed to without directly funding the enemy. And when you switch to Patriot Mobile, instead, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, veterans, first responder heroes, etc. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team means you can actually understand them, and they make switching easy. So keep your number, keep your phone, or even upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, and if you use the offer code Steve, you get a free, a free activation today, free activation with the offer for Code Steve, and if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. They have extra ways of saying thank you for your service. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Later today in the overtime, there is a video going around the internet. It's about 11 minutes. We're going to play it for you and react to it in real time. That is coming up on uh, the overtime later today for Blaze TV subscribers, which you'll be able to access once we record it after today's show later today at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you'd like to become one, that's also blazetv.com slash dace. To the montage we go and... I'm, I'm, you look here, you know, and I I feel this from a biblical worldview perspective to try and find hope in any situation or, you know, as I like to put it, I, I, I just, I got to find a way to declare a victory in every situation. I hate losing with a passion and when you belong to a faith that starts with a guy who was once dead, walked out of a tomb, very much alive, uh, 
you kind of have that built-in expectation that there's a way to find a win in every situation. There's always, there's always an angle. I look at the montage today, though, and I have to tell you, maybe there is one there. I'm not sure I know where to find it. So let's just go through this, shall we? Just very briefly, each of the points in Aaron's montage. I, I really want to support the Matt Gates motion to vacate. I agree with every word that Matt said in that clip. However, when asked whom he would like to see be speaker instead, Matt said Steve Scalise. And, and I'm just... I'm not even sure that's Matt's fault. It, it's probably a, an overall reflection of the caliber of person that by and large has been voted up there for every Chip Roy, Thomas Massey, hell, Matt Gates. There's 25, 30 that are just absolutely worthless, maybe. Just as worthless as mammary glands on a bull, maybe. I mean, they're just out there. You're just fun. You're subsidizing their pensions. There's, there's, as, um, as the great prophet Robin Williams once said, satirizing Richard Nixon in the movie Good Morning Vietnam, they're soft, shallow, and serve no purpose. I mean, there's just no point to them being there. Of course, Robin was talking about Richard Nixon's testicles, testicles, but he, he could also be talking about the lack of testicles of most of the people we've sent there. So I'm not even sure that's a reflection on Matt as much as what's there. But I don't know. You guys tell me. Because this, th- th- this kind of feels like, and now they're going back and forth to each other like on Twitter, like, you know, it's mean boys, you know. This kind of feels like the Al Capone's vault of pillow fights. I mean, it, it, hundreds of thousands of people are listening right now or watching right now, listening or watching right now. Show of hands, if, if, if you've got the energy level to go to the mattresses for yet another California technocratic Republican congressman to be speaker instead of the current California Republican technocratic congressman. Show of hands. Do I need to get my reading rainbow, a romper room thing where I, you know, I see Lucy and I see Billy, um, but uh, I just don't see a lot of hands Even up less out there, so, actually. Because this is a guy who was actually shot up by... The fiends, that, the kind of fiend that yes, wishes to, yes. to lord their version of Correct. life over us. By now, by, Scalise should be Saw Guerrera by now. Yeah. All right? No, and, and instead he, if anything, he came back softer than he was yeah. before they shot him. Yeah. yeah. That's just, what a great analogy. You're right. He should have been radicalized by yes. that. We should have thought maybe dude needs to tone it down and not take this thing so personally. And it's clear he didn't take anything personally. Yeah, I, I just, you, you tell me, Matt. I mean, what is the point of replacing Kevin McCarthy with Steve Scalise? Is there, is there, is there a point to that? I, I guess you could say, well, you got a scalp. Okay. To what end? To what end? You know, you can get a scalp on a Hydra, too. It just grows a head back. It's a, it's a you know, 
it's a, it's an irrelevant exercise. I mean, you know, what do we have? Like four senators that are any good? Cruz, Rand, Tuberville, Mike Lee, maybe a couple of others that are kind of good on a lot of things, like a Rubio. Now, that's about it, man. Get rid of Mitch McConnell. None of those guys is Senate Republican leader tomorrow. So, I mean, okay. Then you go to, you know, Trump is asked about this. And, of course, Kevin McCarthy is only speaker because of Trump. Uh, Matt Gates is one of Trump, is like the Harvey. He wants very desperately to be the Harvey Keitel bad lieutenant of the Trump fiefdom. Um, but just never quite gets there. This is what's fascinating. And so me. here we have yeah. the, ins- this is the, in- this is the insurgent base, the MAGA base and the ringleader, the face of it. Well, you know, McCarthy uh, said great things about me yesterday on TV. So I really don't care what he does. He can screw you six ways till Sunday. It's all good with me. Meanwhile, Matt Gates, who's like, you know, he is the son desperately trying to get the approval of the father and just such approval is just not withstanding is out there leading the charge to vacate the chair. I, I, you can't even come up with a cogent message among the insurgency or the alleged insurgency. Anyway, I'm not sure how insurgent it truly is. Um, yeah, this, the schizophrenia of MAGA world and the cash cowardice industrial complex known as 90% of right-wing media over the past 12 hours or so has been fascinating to watch. It's like, are we supposed to be cheering this or booing I him? have no idea. And my inbox is very reflective of this. I mean, I, I've got well-known names being called heroes and hacks in my audience. It's very clear. Our, within our own audiences, they're not even sure what, what our position is supposed to be on this. And I, I don't know either. I, you're, I, normally, I, normally, I try to be Moses coming down the mountain with the tablets. But right now, I'm Aaron at the bottom of the mountain, pulling, you know, flipping my pockets out. Bubkiss, I got nothing for you. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you know, I would have had a motion to vacate the chair like every day for the last nine months. But if we're just going to replace Steve Scalise, Gates can't even get the godfather to back him up. I mean, what do we? Okay. Then do you know what we're doing here? Does it, any of this make any sense to you at all? Does it, is that, what, what's the plan? Uh, the plan is apparently cancel the primary so that all the GOP donors will start paying the, 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 the bills of a, the legal bills of a billionaire, which I'm going to tell you right now, they're never doing from what I've been told. That's never happened. You, you can cancel this thing tomorrow. It could be next year. Uh, they're, they're just never subsidizing Trump's legal bills, which is the reason they keep demanding that the primary get canceled because the legal bills continue to mount. Uh, the story of that Democratic congressman and the Soros DA, just really sad. Really sad stories, particularly the Soros DA. I know it's the it's the I I know it's the law you you literally just watched the laws the iron laws of the universe of sowing and reaping that the creator put into the creation you unfortunately watch them play themselves out and it's a tragedy nevertheless and here's the thing here here here's the thing no one will learn any lessons from it no one will no lessons will be learned. We have to save America by voting for the guy that let, all, let everybody out of the prisons. 
that's that's that was operation jailbreak meanwhile in florida they're doing what you know we've been talking about on this show for years if you are guilty of raping a child you should be executed if convicted you should be executed they did that but won't be nearly as much talk about that in right-wing media as there will be expressing today's angst about uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift because you're all out of Barbie movie tropes. I don't know, man. You tell me. Because this is the trending news today. This is not a... Re- what I'm about to say is no reflection on your montage, Aaron. You, you collected the trending news today. I have no interest like in almost any of this. I think there's I think there's like no hope in almost none of it. I don't think any lessons will be learned from almost any of it. And it's just late republic nonsense. It's just endless just sewer grate drainage. We're just circling the drain here. You know. At some point we should maybe just start running faster so we get down the drain even sooner. Because I I don't I don't see a I don't see an optimistic angle here to take I don't I don't I don't see. But three days later I don't see that angle here. You you guys tell me do you guys see that angle in here I I don't you tell me. Isaiah one where would you yet be struck? It's just another chance to bring up. I mean I hate what happened to Trevor Bauer I hate what happened to him. You're sleeping around, but the bro. but the dude walked right on right walked right on, walked into a minefield with his pants down. It's a, it's honestly amazing. More of these stories don't actually occur, okay? But I mean, you know, I'm not saying he deserved it at all, but I am saying, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? You know, um. I mean, you played Russian roulette over and over and over again. How many times? I'm I'm sick to death what happened to you. I think if you rape a woman, you ought to be executed. I think if a woman makes a false allegation of rape, it ought to be a, a felony with at least a 10-year prison sentence because you've, you've perhaps even irrevocably ruined a man's life. I think we ought to take it very seriously. But... You know, it, it wasn't like she cornered him. I mean, he he knowingly went out there to engage in promiscuity and look what happened, you know, and I don't know. I just. I don't see the Sunday school lesson in like any of this. Can you find one for me, Todd? There's nothing new under the sun and this too, somehow, some way, some way through God's cosmic sense of justice and purpose this too need not be the end it's it's amazing I, I contemplate this daily and again I'm I, my pause is can I find the words to try to say this in a way where it's actionable like it, we have more control than ever before in the history of man in stopping this fall. But we're the here's the, the paradox. We are more proud as a people than ever before with 
no reason to be. Look at that gal in uh, the Trevor Bauer situation. Look how proud she was. Well, she's not going to get held accountable on any level whatsoever. This running a scam like this being as publicly as not obnoxious as she was, she's not a one-off, folks. She's everywhere. Not just scamming for dates and for money, but she's teaching your kids. She's the doctor in your hospital. They're all running scams like this. Now, we as a people, because we just have more agency than ever before can stop this right now if we want to that's the dirty little secret we don't want to i don't know when i do montages like this i our job as believers in the only undefeated being in the history of the universe is to testify to the truth that is our job first and foremost. But I take solace, and this is not my main motivation, and I have to fight most days to fight this being my main motivation or my main fallback or my main refuge, like Jonah wishing destruction and judgment upon the Ninevites. I have to fight back against that. But I am heartened and I am encouraged because you're absolutely right. I didn't take offense to that at all, Steve. This entire montage is just nonsense. It was just nonsense. You could pick any freaking day. Is that a PSYOP? Is that a PSYOP? What isn't a PSYOP? What isn't a lie? I take solace, though, in knowing that we do our job. We testify to the truth. God's judgments are still righteous and perfect. When we talk about Romans 1, are we, are we Romans 1? Are we time of the judges? The Romans 1 judgment. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And I rejoice in that. It's like, you know, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows the human condition better than we know the human condition. A Romans 1 judgment is not one that's just unleashed by God like a, a plague of, of pestilence. It's one that we choose ourselves. We choose ourselves whether it's through um, omission of action or commission of action. It's one that we bring upon ourselves. And what makes it even more perfect is that, as Todd was saying, we like it. We're like the analogy of the baby who's pooped its diaper that you've talked about, Steve. Mm -hmm. At first we don't like it, but then, hey, eh, what can you do? Here we are. So... I, again, I know, unfortunately, as well, and this is the part where I sober up even more, a Romans 1 judgment, unfortunately, comes with a lot of collateral damage. Mm-hmm. A lot of collateral damage for us, a lot of collateral damage for our kids and grandkids. That should be the part where we wake up and we do something and demand more and do more. But yet, here we are. Yeah, the key scene, we talked about it at the time. And when we talked about this, this was before COVID when the movie came out, The, the Darkest Hour. That You have, you're talking about 
uh, the, the Nazis, uh, the, 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 the person of uh, uh, Winston Churchill, a larger-than-life kind of character. But the scene that all of us took away that is really the guts of that movie is near the end when Churchill is trying, do I stay on this court? Is it worth it? What are we fighting for? To get clarity, he goes onto the subway and rides a train and he talks with the people. And he said, what, what would happen? The Nazis were here and they're just housewives. They're like, we'd fight them in the streets with our broom handles. Pardon me. That reality isn't even close to existing in our current dynamic. We, people won't fight for anything. Give, given the choice between the words of Churchill in that moment and uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I don't believe in anything, they are way closer to that cartoon villain in terms of, like, yeah, that, I kind of like that one. I'm going that direction. Let me throw this your way and get you guys' reaction to this. Through September 21st, there have been 30 down-ballot special elections in America this year. Okay? On average, in those special elections, Democrats have overperformed the partisan registration by 11 points. That's reality. Those are facts. That's reality. Because what I see is up here where we are and what makes us money up here is talking about polls like they're point spreads. And, 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 and it's more important to make the convincing case of who should win and who will than discussing who actually won and why after the fact. Like, we are convinced if the point spread says we should win, we, then we won. It's over. We won. It's as opposed to playing out the actual game. And the other side is like, well, we're going to go ahead and play out the game, especially because you guys are just going to let us ballot harvest the hell out of these results anyway and not do anything to stop us. So, um, imagine if... And who knows, on the, on the course we're on, we may get there. But imagine the sporting, sporting events are determined by who won the embrace debate with Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith as opposed to the actual games that were played. Like, the games don't matter. All that matters is what the point spread said who was going to win. Except at the end of the game, did they give the trophy to the team that was favored to win or the team that, that, that actually won? Actually won. The team that actually wins might be the favorite team, but you got to actually win the game. Well, guys, we can uh, polls. Biden has the worst of favorables ever. Democrats are the worst ever. Republicans polling the best ever on economics. Grab your hand lotion and assume the circle. Okay, we're going to pleasure each other and get our clicks and jollies. But we've played 30 games this year, guys. 30. Is that a lot of games? Is that a good sample size? It seems like. Yeah, that's a pretty good sample size. We've played 30 games in the first three quarters of this year, and on average, Democrats have overperformed the partisan registration in those races by 11 points. Reaction. Our leaders 
leaders are not aberrations. They are reflections of us. That's the whole, you know, that's the result of the ball game. They're, they're not aberrations. Get that out of your mind. They are reflections. We don't have citizens anymore. Yeah. We have terrorists. We have grifters. We have uh, comfort-addicted drug addicts. But you rarely find a citizen anymore. We're going to talk to one here in a couple minutes. But few and far between. So we're going to get what we deserve. Let me repeat that again. 30. 30 special elections held this year. And on average, the Democrats have overperformed the partisan registration by 11 points. Now, they haven't won all 30. They've won the vast majority of them, though. And they've overperformed partisan registration by 11 points. So, you know, I saw Elon Musk tweet out about an hour ago. Go by what you see, not what you're told. So the polls tell me the energy level's high in Iowa. We're going to, you know, Trump's up by 170 points. And with every indictment, there's, there's more, you know, levels of, uh, of devotion than ever before. That's what the polls tell me. I, I walk the entirety of my very politically engaged precinct. And I see the exact opposite, actually. I, I don't I don't see a rally effect at all, as a matter of fact. You see that where you live? No. What about where you live, Aaron? Oh, absolutely In your suburb, not. you see that? No. No? Hmm. 30 special elections so far this year, Democrats have overperformed the partisan registration by an average of 11 points. here on the Steve Day Show and if you have odors in your home that you just can't get rid of any stinky odor whatsoever strong odors from cooking cigarette smoke litter boxes trash cans even that mildew smell from the basement that just won't go away none of them are any match whatsoever for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier that starts working within seconds to clear any room of any odor. Plus, there's no costly filters to ever replace. And with over 350,000 units already sold and thousands of five-star reviews, including many from within this audience, you know it is going to work. Right now, you can save $200 on three thunderstorms for whole home protection. That's three units that you'll now get for under 200 bucks if you just go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the place we got kicked out of. EdenPureDeals.com and enter the discount code Steve. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Steve. Plus, you'll get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Steve. Let's bring in Texas Congressman and good friend of mine, Chip Roy, on the show here today. Chip, it's good to have you back with us, brother. How are you? 
Steve, uh, great to be on. And uh, I guess we just want to be on to talk a little bit about uh, college football, Texas, Oklahoma, and the Cotton Bowl this weekend. There's nothing else really no. going on. No, we're going to just talk point spreads. That's all we're going to do, yeah. Chip. We're going to talk about the point spreads. And we won't even, don't need to play the games. We'll break the point spreads down. They'll convince us. Uh, if our side won the point spread, then we won. We don't have to play the actual games. When the actual games are played, we'll totally ignore them whatsoever. Uh, uh, we're embracing debate. All right, we're going to just uh, let Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless run the, run the right in America. So Democrats can, can overperform by an average of 11 points in the 30 down ballot special elections we've had so far this year. But it doesn't matter because up here, the polls from the media that we, know, that we all know lies to us and we can't trust, they've got us convinced, man, we're going we're gonna to win again this weekend. And all that matters is the point spread. And that brings me to my first question. Uh, what the hell is going on in Washington, D.C.? I don't have a clue. I, what is going on? Yeah, well, look, let, let me just give you the sane answer for a second, which is this. We have a Democratic Party that um, is completely out of line with the vast majority of the American people, certainly the ones that I represent. Uh, we have a hardcore divide in this country where there's very little ability to sit down and figure out how to navigate forward without it being entirely partisan in the House of Representatives. You have Democrats who are totally fine with a lawless administration, with a weaponized Department of Justice, with a woke and weaponized uh, government generally, a woke Department of Defense instead of mission first, with wide open borders without sovereignty, without you know, with reckless spending. Go down the list. Totally fine with it. Totally fine with continuing to fund proxy wars. Totally fine with the games being played. Meanwhile, you've got Republicans who generally agree, but we're trying to figure out how to navigate with, with 221 in terms of the seat of the majority. So that's where we sit now. You're asking specifically for your viewers. We're sitting here in about an hour, we're gonna to go to the floor. We're gonna have a vote on the motion to vacate. My friend Matt Gates and a number of my colleagues are gonna support that. I put that number, it's somewhere between five and 10. I think it's probably in the five, six, seven range. And we'll see, you could get a jailbreak, it could be a different number. Assuming that's the case, there's a decent chance that it is not tabled and that we will, in fact, vacate the chair. I don't know yet. It may fall short. Not going to support it, because at this moment, I believe that's pulling the coach out heading into the fourth quarter. I do not like a lot of play calls to date. I do like some of them. We passed a really good border security bill, passed a really good defense authorization bill and a pretty strong defense appropriations bill. We've appointed a lot of good conservatives to have a voice at the table. A lot of good things have happened. We've had amendments on the floor. We forced tough votes. You saw that vote last week where I offered an amendment to say no Pride Month to the Department of Defense. 18 Republicans had to vote. Well, didn't have to. They chose to vote no, but they had to take a vote. We didn't used to do that. We used, didn't used to be open. A lot of good things have been occurring. I'm trying to do my part to keep doing that. But here's the thing. My colleagues that are calling this question aren't wrong that we have not achieved our objectives. We passed a $4 trillion extension of the debt ceiling into 2025. We just did a 45-day continuation of the Pelosi spending deal that was bloated and their priorities. That's not how you win. We cannot continue to fund a proxy war. We cannot continue to allow open borders. We cannot continue to bust the budget with supplemental spending and not getting the job done on the spending cuts. And that's where we're headed if we don't change course between now and the early part of next year so that we can have a record to run on. That's a lot, Steve. I didn't mean to filibuster. That's where we are. My last point is this. My play call is the speaker just has for 45 days. That's 42 days now. He's got, four, in my opinion, he's got 42 days to prove that he can get this done. And if he can't, 
then we probably ought to think about a different play call. But right now, we'll see what happens today. If it's vacated, we'll go do our job. This is the sausage. Everybody get comfortable with it. It's a republic. We all have a voice. We got to go in here. We got to fight it out. You guys just get to see it. C-SPAN will be made great again, I guess. So you already answered my next question. If your view is we're in the fourth quarter, so if, if I'm watching a sporting event, I know when the fourth quarter ends, right? There's a clock that tells me it's counting down. I, I know when, the, when that is going to end. So that was my next question for you. How do we know then if, if your view is to see this as the fourth quarter of the game, when's the game end? What's the, what's the clock? You're saying it's 42 yeah, for more me. days. Sure. For me, I set that as we got to see something in this, this 42-day window now. Uh, that the speaker is set by mid-November. I do not want to crack through that without having cemented some actual tangible victory. And what would, the, uh, what would that be? What, what would that be, Chip? Lay that out for our audience. What would a tangible victory yeah. look like to you? Let me give you a menu of options. Number one, that we would have gotten the appropriations bills passed going to conference and that we would be moving forward with spending cuts that are actually real. Or, and or, that we would have gotten H.R. 2 signed into law and a few other provisions necessary to secure the border. And or, that we would have constrained Ukraine spending, or zeroed it out, um, but more likely constrained Ukraine spending, combined with getting something like border security, forced the Senate to agree and the President to agree. There are other things we could do. Pay for us, for example. If you're going to do $20 billion, $30 billion, $40 billion in Ukraine funding, which I oppose, but if that happens to govern and you get a border security package and you get constraint on spending, then pay for it out of, for example, the IRS expansion or the Inflation Reduction Act. But I don't want any more of this garbage. Like, well, you know, you just got to wait till we elect a president. You just got to wait till we control the Senate. No, we have the majority of the House. Like, you guys all went around whining and wailing and gnashing your teeth on shutting the border down. I'm sorry, shutting the government down uh, or, or, you know, oh, my God, we might default on our debt. You wouldn't fight. Okay, so now you're going to tell me that you won't fight for border security and to cut spending and to hold the line for Ukraine? So here's where we are. It's put up or shut up time. And look, I also want to look at some of my conservative colleagues. We put a good bill on the floor that moderates in our conference would have agreed to go into a shutdown so we'd get a 30% cut to the federal government, including the Department of Justice, and border security in the form of H.R. 2. And 21 of my more conservative colleagues said they didn't think that was a good plan. Fine. So here we sit. Now we're going to have to figure out how to navigate through today. Why didn't they think it was a good plan? Normally, that'd be a group of people you'd be aligned with. So why did they disagree with you here? Well, these are, these are my friends and colleagues that I respect. And I think they have basically, I think, built in, uh, bought into the notion that advancing appropriations bills to change this back to regular order, which I fully support, was more important than the, the point that we would be making by going into shutdown by saying, guys, you've got to cut spending significantly and secure the border. I disagree. We had people to go into the fight to be able to say, guys, you've got to deal with the border now. You've got to deal with the spending levels now. So I think that was just a tactical disagreement but we got to be able to figure out how to get that all organized and get together in order to win the fight. Because right now, I read a, and I, I put this out publicly. I said it on another radio program earlier. I probably won't go through it all right now to avoid redundancy. But I read this morning to the Republican conference a list of almost certain truths that come, say, March 31st, 2024. We will be running with a presidential candidate, potentially, 
unless you're my preferred candidate, uh, Ron DeSantis wins, that has massive variables, if I'm being kind, you, you can talk about on your show. Mm -hmm. And then the Republican conference, who voted for a $4 trillion debt increase, voted to perpetuate spending levels basically the same as Pelosi's, who busted the caps with all sorts of supplemental spending, probably billions more for Ukraine, probably not border security that we want to get, probably no real accountability for Mayorkas or for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, probably not getting where we want to go with respect to DOJ weaponization or DOD accountability. Now, what do we do to change that? Well, the Republican conference, frankly, the speaker reflects that Republican conference. I read that list to the Republican conference, and frankly, it was kind of crickets. The, the American people need to know your Republican conference does not reflect what the campaign messaging is. And so we've got to continue to elevate this, and you all just have to trust that even when some of your family members disagree, some of my friends in the 20 and the Freedom Caucus, we disagreed on tactics here. But we're fighting to change the place tooth and nail in a world where Democrats are, are not with us at all. They don't believe in the America you and I believe in at all. Republicans largely do, but they haven't figured out that you're going to have to throw down like the Alamo in order to go win and save it. So that's what we're trying to figure out how to wrestle through. And that's what the next 45 days will tell us, no matter what happens today. Chip, there's been 30 special elections through the third quarter of this year across the country, 30. In those 30 special elections, Democrats have overperformed by an average of 11 points, according to an analysis from 538. Now, I know up here, we're all in a one giant circle, pleasuring ourselves to the polls talking points. Okay? Again, we're all just focused on what the point spreads and power ratings told us, tell us they're supposed to win, but then we play the games. And we like watch the game take place and we get a different result than what the point spread said, but we're supposed to still act like the team that was favored in the point spread won, not what we actually just saw. So up here, we've got all these numbers and everything else that we are pleasuring each other to on a frequent basis. Down here, where the games are actually played, Democrats have, have overperformed in, in all 30 of these by an average of 11 points. I, I don't know what to do I mean, we're sitting here. I actually would probably more agree with Matt Gates, frankly. But but his so who's your alternative? Steve Scalise. Okay, so another technocratic California Republican. Why is this worth my time? If that's the case, his boss, the Godfather, is out there saying yesterday. I love Kevin McCarthy. He said great things about me this morning. Okay, so you've got you can't even get you can't even get the the the, the two lieutenants. Of the, of the Trump mafia, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates in agreement on this. They were in disagreement in January. They're in disagreement now. You're, I was looking at your feed. So, so it, it, McCarthy's perfectly fine with Trump. But if you won't vote to get rid of him right now, you're a, you're a total rhino. I was reading that in your comments. Okay. This, is, this is freaking a disaster and rudderless. And honestly, I'm losing interest just collectively. And I'm about to just get thee to a nunnery. And just, you know, go full on Billy Graham and you all figure, I don't care. I, I am reaching the point. I'm paid to care. I don't care. It, it's getting harder to make me care. This is a joke. It's rudderless. And it seems as if we want to sell each other talking points that actually produce any form of substantive victory whatsoever. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I mean, you talked about a circle of... Uh your description of uh, pleasure. 
um, I, I know what you're doing there. Uh, I would also argue that uh, you know some of our brothers and sisters, particularly in the um, you know uh, MAGA camp, I think. Uh, particularly enjoy the circular firing squad. You want to come at me and call me a rhino, you can kiss my ass. Look, I've spent a lifetime fighting for limited government conservatism. I have laid it all on the line. I've not seen my family for two days in the last 30 days. You go around talking your big game and you thumping your chest on Twitter. Yeah, come to my office to come have a debate, mother. You know why? Because I'm standing up for this country every single day. And Steve, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to go to a nunnery. Because, God damn it, there were people who were buried over in Normandy who deserve us to stand up for what they fought for. So that's what I'm going to do. And all of you fuckers out there who are out there saying what you're saying out on social media, you stick it. I'm going to go down to the floor and do my job, and I'm going to stand up for the people who fought for this country. And I'm going to do it the way I think is right for the people that I represent. That's what I think. I think that sums up the way a lot of people think, brother. I, I do. I just don't think they know what to do instead. And I, I get it. Look, I get it. I'm just as angry, right? I want to change what's happening here. But, you, you know, I got a bunch of people who are going out there saying, hey, what are we going to do, right? Are we going to, you know, uh, divide the country? You got people out there saying, text it. You got people out there saying, look, we've got to stand up and fight for this country. Or we got to say, what's our plan for freedom? You and I have talked about this repeatedly. I know. Right? What are we going to do? All I know is I have a son and I have a daughter and I want them to live free. And I'm doing everything I know how to do to get it there. And we, the, the speaker reflects the Republican conference. The American people need to understand that's that. That's the truest thing said here. Well, there and, were a lot of true so, things said here, but that's the truest thing said right there is what right. you just and said. So, yeah. All we're doing, like, I respect what Gates and my four or five, six brothers are doing right now because they want to change. I respect friends of mine who went to the mic, who are your heroes out there, ladies and gentlemen, who are taking a different position because we're trying to figure out how to navigate through a world in which Democrats control the Senate. The Republican conference in the Senate is garbage. The, the House Republican conference has a variety of views from all over the country with 221. But if people want to play this out in real time and deal with this every single minute and every single day on social media, don't think that that's somehow going to change the game. Because what we got to do is we have to actually define the fight. Look, somebody came in here earlier, one of my staffers, looking at the fact that one of my colleagues was carjacked eight blocks from here last night in the nation's capital. And that individual, a woman, was like, what happened to a country where we can't even have order? Mm -hmm. You want to know what Ron DeSantis should be talking about as being the governor who can restore order as president of the United States, mm -hmm. just like he's done repeatedly with hurricanes slamming into Florida. I don't want to keep playing the games all this. Let's go play all the games because somebody's been indicted 12 times. And what did they do? Look, we got a governor that won by a million and a half votes, won 62% of Hispanics, won 50% of single females, has been kicking butt and could actually do the job of restoring order in this country and forcing the change. And what are we doing? We're going around in this like parade of personalities and celebrities and cult. It's absurd. And so I'm not gonna do it. I'm not, this is not about personalities. What I'm gonna do is keep laying out what I think we need to do to stop that little girl from getting trafficked while we're pissing around in this godforsaken town. To stop spending money we don't have. To stop turning over our sovereignty to cartels. To stop funding a proxy war. We've got to stand up and fight, and we're moving the needle, people. There are more Republicans with us than there were nine months ago. 
but going through into a fit of rage to go down and just blow stuff up, I don't think is the right path. I don't begrudge it. We'll go figure out what happens in two hours. But just don't think that getting out on social media that that's somehow real. It ain't. Love you, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Same to you. Feels like we, we need to react to that a little bit when we come back, maybe. Is my reaction. <laughs> More in a moment. Back here with Hour 2 on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Dacey's Aaron McIntyre. He is Todd Erzin. And you are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can access it by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow me uh, or like me on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, and Getter. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. Getter and Instagram, uh, as well as TikTok. And you can find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there, at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. If you are a podcast listener, we'd love to find your five-star review of the show, if you like it, of course. Thank you to all of you that have uh, that have already submitted one of those. We appreciate each and every one of them. We're getting close to 10,000 of them now, so let's keep those coming. Uh, you can also um, hit subscribe, or in the case of iTunes, follow, to make sure every new episode we do shows up in your feed every time we do one. And thank you to all of you that have done that too. And thank you to our friends at My Patriot Supply because after that conversation we, ha- we just had with Chip Roy, if you're thinking like, you just heard Carl Lewis try to sing the national anthem, uh-oh, yeah. Um, she feels like another one of those, that could never happen here, might be happening here. Any day now? Get that feeling, maybe? Yes. Yeah. So get a hold of our friends over at My Patriot Supply right now because it's better to have it and not need it than need it and then not have it. My Patriot Supply, the nation's leader in emergency food storage. Go to my website, preparewithdace.com, to get 25% off their emergency food kits. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of the 2,000-plus calories that you need each day with 16 different types of meals inside so you can mix and match for variety and just have the peace of mind of knowing, yeah, just in case, I'm ready. I'm prepared. And you get free shipping as well. Preparewithdace.com. Preparewithdace.com. 25% off at preparewithdace.com. All right, we, before we bring in my oldest daughter, it just feels like we have to have at least a couple of minutes of reaction to what we just heard from Congressman Chip Roy. That, that might have been... The, it's certainly the most based interview we have done so far this year. And it's one of the most based we've ever done. And this is where having a friendship with somebody gives me more license in this case to be a little bit more brutally honest to him and for him to be more brutally honest in return. Just understand that that's what you guys just watched is about 300 um, private text exchanges between Chip and I in varying 
uh, characterizations and depictions over the last three years. All right. You guys just got to see what we say to each other privately, very publicly, maybe for the first time. So reaction, Todd. I dare you to do better. I mean, name the burning building. I'll follow him into it, man. Uh, that's that's the stuff that won an American revolution right there. That's the stuff uh, that gave uh, Abraham Lincoln the resolve to see through what needed to be seen through to save the republic. I mean, God bless him. I pray for that, man. I, and I pity all, all the souls who in his immediate orbit aren't ready and willing to run into that burning building and just find more and more excuses. I can't, I, I just have no patience, no time for it. Thank God I've been given uh, ears to hear, and I mean it, thank God I've been given ears to hear when Chip Roy stands uh, and speaks. You know, there's an anthem uh, in my heart that uh, wants to just not give up. So I said in the last segment, and I think that rant was the perfect antidote for the way we let off the show. I said in the last segment, though, that our leaders in Congress are not aberrations. They're reflections of us. Mm-hmm. That's true in a positive light, though, too. Chip Roy proves, and, and few uh, others like him prove, that there are still indeed 10,000 men who have not bowed the knee to bail. Thank God. There may be 10 million who have. There may be 10 million uh, abject bail worshipers, but there are still those who are holding out the fight. And um, that's just what we needed. And I, honestly, I felt a little ashamed of uh, the notion of uh, this is uh, basically all nihilistic. Uh, this is there is no there there. I, I, I did feel a little bit ashamed after, you know, kind of expressing that in the first segment. Because, you know what, I and, and people out here in the cheap, cheap seats, as long as there's somebody like that there, we should indeed give them support. We should indeed encourage them to keep fighting. And especially, that should encourage us to fight as well. I know it, I know it did for me. That was the perfect antidote to how we opened the show. Well, we'll see when the vote happens. I think five Republicans are, would have to desert McCarthy to vacate the chair, correct? Yeah. But then you'd have to just, I, I don't know why they just wouldn't renominate him for speaker again and then see if he wins that speaker vote. Couldn't they just do that? Yeah. So. Let's bring in my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm confused, but glad to see you. What are we doing this week? So I found a list of the 10 reasons that God loves gay Christians. And so I picked. So you're like, let's just make this even worse than it already was. <laughs> I didn't know. I w- didn't watch the first you part. You were down to a couple of things and you're like, all right, is this the week to spring this? The old man, you know what? I walked in. The old man's already really pissed off. So let's go ahead. This is the week to do this, right? I didn't watch the first part and this is what I had prepared. And then Aaron was telling me about what happened before. And I just kind of sat here with my eyes closed for a minute. <laughs> For evaluating like, life choices. This is what I have. I just have to bring, this is what I have to bring to the table. I don't have any other backup. No, I think I'm probably in the perfect mood to do this segment. <laughs> so let's let it roll. So yes. I picked out a few. Okay. Okay. 
So this one says, condemning same-sex relationships is harmful to the LGBT community. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that good trees bear good fruit, while bad trees bear bad fruit. The church's rejection of the same-sex relationships has caused tremendous, needless suffering to the LGBT community bad fruit. Those harmful consequences should make Christians open to reconsidering the church's traditional teaching. I mean, everything you just said is wrong. I mean, that... that to I clear, mean, this is not what I... I'm reading somebody else's Yeah, I, I know. I, I didn't mean I'm you directly. I'm clarifying for the haters out there that yes. are on the Blaze chat, like, yes. Jesus' daughter is a gay or whatever. Gay affirming. Say. No. Uh, yeah. No, this is... Um, you aren't meant to be left in your sin. You're not meant to be affirmed in your sin. Uh, you know, Jesus dined with sinners. He did not affirm their sin. And the whole Bible, Jesus is God. So the, the, the God who smites Sodom and Gomorrah, that's Jesus. The, the God who tells the Israelites, go into these... Uh, pagan cultures, what are there, seven, I believe, the seven pagan cultures of Canaan, I think that's the number, uh, however, however many there are, um, but go in there, and you're the urban renewal program, Hit, you're my control, all delete button, uh, remove them permanently, like as a culture, leave nothing, that's, the God who says that is Jesus. So the, the idea that you're meant to be affirmed in your sin, um, and you're meant to be blessed in your sin. The the fact that you're, it, it, uh, you know, if if that were to happen, you would suffer for all of eternity. Yeah, you'd suffer eternal separation from God for all of eternity. So, that suffering is far worse than whatever suffering you think you are undergoing now. And. I would like to know what suffering you're undergoing now because, I don't know, guys, it just seems like every single cultural institution in the Western Hemisphere is actually affirming their relationship. So what, what, I, there's, with one exception, the, the, Aaron, the decreasing number of Christian churches that still hold on to any form of orthodoxy, which, you know, is diminishing as we speak. But everywhere else they go, they're getting ultimate affirmation. So where's all this gay suffering? Yeah, so I, I agree with the notion that uh, good trees bear good fruits and bad trees bear bad fruits. By the way, when I was listening to that, Todd, I, uh, I was wondering, uh, do you have an exorcist on speed dial? Because I think this list is going to need an exorcist. <laughs> I agree. Um, good trees, good fruit, bad trees, bad fruit. So uh, let's, let's talk about uh, Jack the Baker in Colorado or Aaron and Melissa Klein in Oregon or Baronel Stutzman in Washington mm -hmm. or Kim Davis, who was just back in the news in Kentucky a few days ago, who was ordered to pay $100,000 because he refused to affirm you. You're leaving all of these lives in ruins. What kind of fruit is that? Hmm. We're not going to talk about that, though. Okay. I thought we were just supposed to... Stay out everybody's bedrooms. Wasn't yeah. that the talking point? Oh, that was, those were the days, weren't they? Gosh. A simpler time. Just a plucky little movement out there trying to carve out a niche of civil liberties and privacy. Those were the days. Yes, they were. Go ahead, Anna. Next, human beings are relational. 
From the beginning of Genesis, human beings are described as having a need for relationship, just as God himself is relational. Sexuality is a core part of what it means to be a relational person, and to condemn LGBT people's sexuality outright damages their ability to be in relationship with all people and with God. What, we're, what both of these have done so far... You know, Jesus says, and there's been a lot of uh, theological debate for centuries about what exactly this means. That there is one unforgivable sin, Christ says in the New Testament, that is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Does it it mean um, taking the acts, like when Jesus was accused by the religious leaders of being a Beelzebub, so taking of the acts of God and attributing them to the enemy? Is that what it means? Um, What exactly does that mean? Well, this is a very intense form of heresy that you are quoting here, sweetie, because the very relationship that, that, that God blesses in Genesis when he realizes it is not good for a man to be alone is, is he, he didn't make it Adam and Steve. He made it Adam and Eve. He gave him a woman. I mean, they are, they are literally citing the verse that is the genesis, pun intended, of the argument against them. That when God said that it was not, saw the man and, that he, that, and saw that he was not good for him to be alone, it was a woman that he gave him. He didn't give him uh, someone of the same sex. He gave him another sex, an opposite sex. So other than that, their point, other than the fact their point is a complete and total bastardization of every syllable of that text, they have a point. Um, speaking of relational sexuality, I have some breaking news from Aaron's montage today. We're going to execute child rapists in Florida. Yeah. You know what? I said I was looking last hour for a silver lining. There was one. Yeah, that, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, that's one we, I should have highlighted. We're going to execute more people who deserve it, and I'm, I'm all for that. Okay, good point. Okay, last one. Paul condemns same-sex lust, not love. Like other ancient writers, Paul describes same-sex behavior as the result of excessive sexual desire on the part of people who could be content with opposite-sex relationships. Sorry, my thing just reloaded. Give me one second. Is that your computer saying, this is such BS, <laughs> we're just going to shut ourselves down now so you'll I stop that reading was this? God intervening, honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Your computer's like, that's enough heresy for one segment. We're done here. Go ahead. (laughs) On the part of people who could be content with opposite sex relationships, he didn't have long-term loving same-sex relationships in view. And while he described same-sex behavior as, quote, unnatural, he also said men having long hair goes against nature. And most Christians read that as a reference to cultural conventions. Again, Paul said, liars, thieves, adulterers, homosexuals, murderers, these do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. They Notice they... They, they kind of left out the very direct statement and then chose an indirect statement where they tried to make it even more indirect and make it, uh, how do you like to say how many angels dance on the head of a pin? Yeah. Basically, uh, I, I use the, the phrase uh, uh, lint in the navel pondering. Also, um, Paul, Paul's epistles are, are, apl- uh, are applicable um, hermeneutics of, of biblical teaching. Meaning, meaning that in most cases, Paul is not creating new teaching. He is clarifying, now that we are Christians living in a real world, he is clarifying in practicality what those teachings mean. 
So for example, Romans 13 is a clarification. It's a, it's an application of what Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, render to God that which is God's. And Paul's like, okay, well, let's, 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 th- let, let's, you know, flesh this out a little bit more. What belongs to Caesar? Pay him taxes, obey his laws. If, you know, what belongs to God, don't worship Caesar as God. When Caesar says to obey the state instead of God, don't do that. Okay. Give Caesar the honor he's owed and give God the honor that he is owed. All right. So you're, th- they have it backwards. Um, Paul is clarifying for us what is the teaching, the original schema of the scriptures. Uh, and so to, to go and try to figure out, to finesse of all people, Paul's writings, you're really just ignoring what the, what the scriptures have said long before on the subject, before we even get to the specific point you are trying to address. Not to mention, on a very to make it even simpler, God didn't smite a civilization because the men had long hair, because, but because they were buggering each other. I could just, I suppose I've just gone with that one and saved everybody some time. It's okay. That was a good length for TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You guys want to add anything to well, that? Well, it's amazing in light of what you said earlier, Steve, about how, you know, this, is this really a persecuted people? Look at, look at all the agency they have, how they are honored uh, by month, by all the institutions. Yet that's not good enough. They're, the, the need to have this. Again, this is always God killer stuff. They need to have the people of God bend the knee mm-hmm. and they aren't even close to being done with that yet. Yeah, this entire thing that we just heard is incredibly emotionally driven. It plays on the emotions, but it's not a serious apologetic for that point of view because one doesn't exist. All it is, <laughs> this is not designed to be a serious apologetic to try to win people over like you and me and you those listening because it doesn't exist. It's designed for those who already decided they killed God in their heart and just want some excuses to carry out whatever they are, whatever they want to do to hate God, to go through with their, I suppose it's same sex attraction. That's what this, that's, that's who the audience is for this. Correct. Great stuff. Thank you. That didn't, that wasn't that painful. No, no, I didn't think so. And we were already on edge after the conversation we had with Chip Royce. So this was a good week to do this. Well, I yeah. feel like I'm always joking around. So I was like, maybe I'll try some more serious stuff. But every time I've tried to do that, it's after like the most like intense segment you have. So it doesn't help. So No, you did good, sweetie. Thank you very Thank much. You. All right, let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by our friends over at Moink. Uh, they're concerned that a majority of U.S. pork production comes from a company that is, has Chinese ownership. Is that good? Probably not. Um, that's why... Um, Moink wants to help us get back to eating and, and making food and governing our food the way that previous generations did. Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon, all of it straight to your door uh, from farmers and fishermen that did things like your grandparents' generation did. And that's why you can taste the difference with Moink meat. The family farm or the family fisherman just does it better. Uh, you can choose the meat that's delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breast to pork chops to salmon fillets and so much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. Anytime you're not locked into a long-term deal uh, as you do your part to help save rural America. Right? Keep America farming going by signing up at Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Go there right now. And if you do, listeners of this show get free ground beef for a year. You can't beat it. Free ground beef for a year, but for a limited time. When you go to Moink, 
moinkbox.com slash Steve. M-O-I-N-K for moinkbox.com slash Steve. Again, that's moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right, so for fake news or not, this week each of us has selected an item for the rest of the panel here on the show to consider, Aaron, for fake news or not. Yeah, and I just want to I, I want to say to lead things off here, we might have to do this more often because, boy, howdy, I see you don't know what's coming in its totality. Todd doesn't know what's coming in its to- totality. We are covering the gambit of issues here, I think, on fake news or not today. All right, good stuff. How about I'll let you go with your offering first. All right, so this is Apple CEO Tim Cook. I don't know when this took place. This is at some sort of Fortune magazine function. He had these words to say about what, why he does so much business and why his company does so much business in China. And I want us to determine if this is fake news or not. There's a confusion about China that, uh, and let me at least give you my opinion. The, the, the popular conception is that companies come to China because of low labor cost. I'm not sure uh, what part of China they go to, but the truth is China stopped being the low labor cost country many years ago. And that is not the reason to come to China from a supply point of view. The reason is because of the skill and the, the quantity of skill in one location and the type of skill it is. Like um, the products we do require really advanced tooling and the, the precision that you have to have in tooling and working with the materials that we do are state of the art. And the tooling skill is very deep here. You know, in, in the US you could have a meeting of tooling engineers and I'm not sure we could fill the room. In China, you could fill multiple football fields. It's that vocational, vocational expertise is very deep, very, very deep here. And I, and I give the, uh, the education system a lot of credit for continuing to push on that even when others were de-emphasizing vocational. Now I think many countries in the world have woke up and said, you know, this is a key thing and we've got to correct that. But China called that right from the beginning. Can I go first on this one? Sure. 100% real news. 100% real news. Let me explain why. The irony is our education system decided to teach Tim Cook uh, and, 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 and an entire generation of Americans how to more uh, effectively have anal sex. How to deep throat. They taught them that and they're teaching them that instead. Um, the Chinese don't do any of that. And furthermore, they have no problem with vocationalism because all a human being is to them is a widget to each according to his ability for each according to his needs. And they recognize, therefore, in a very cold blooded fashion, not everybody is meant to go to university to find themselves to, and then inevitably just come out of their learning how to have better anal sex and, and deep throat. Without gagging. That, that's, you know, they're going to teach them actual skills. So, I think that's 100% true news. 100%. We're, we're teaching people how to be a better homosexual, a better pedophile, and uh, a better fornicator, 
and and to feel real good about it. And that's what we're teaching people how to how to how to be groomed for the next generation of pederasts, gay or straight. We're teaching people that. We're conditioning them. China is 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 raising up armies. Todd. I was going to give him 100%. I've got to pull back on that only because then when he said I give them credit for that yeah. and he said it in a way as if we could we could be doing that as well, but he's is this is Tim Cook the vanguard the good of asking CEO. for better education over yeah, here? No, exactly. clearly. The the CEO speaks with forked tongue. Yes. There is no way in hell that the uh, that the low wages in China have met that of uh, you know an average American. They, they're still going over there because there's a lot of really cheap to free labor. Okay, he is true that vocationally they're light years ahead of where we are, but the the contrast that he draws, he's not going balls to the ball, that, which is a term that I've used for like the 15th time the last two shows. He's not going pedal to the metal over here to try to develop vocational skills as if he has some sort of affinity for America because it's an American company. He speaks with Ford time. So overall, I'm saying that's fake news. You want to do yours next, Steve? Let's do mine. I would not trade places with any of these other candidates right now uh, in terms of where we are in Iowa. And I, I think we're in a better spot in Iowa today than previous Iowa caucus winners have been at this point in the cycle in 16, 2012, and 2008. In Iowa, Ron DeSantis is already halfway done with his 99-county tour. The grassroots effort seems to be adding some momentum to his campaign, with the Florida governor gaining support from 21% of likely GOP caucus goers in a recent CBS poll. Where they do uh, acknowledge that I'm a very good governor in Florida and a good leader, and so they already know that. And so I have to come in, fill in the blanks on here's my bio, here's my family, and here's what I'm going to do for the country. And when we do that, we, we get a really good response. All right, gentlemen, fake news or not? That's not fake news. Uh, I, I actually just got an email, I think, yesterday about some guy who lives in rural Iowa on like a gravel road, and he's already been canvassed twice by DeSantis's people. I mean, that's how it works here in the Iowa caucus here. Uh, and you might want to take this with a grain of salt if Governor Reynolds wasn't our governor. But listen, the, uh, these two view their station in much the same way. Uh, and that being said, he's listened. I, I think he's paid attention to her and how she's been victorious here and so i think he, there's a, a proof of concept a template this is not just political speak uh i think this is true news aaron yeah no this is not fake news it is if their data you know never back downs data in terms of committed caucus goers and and ground game is true they are actually significantly ahead of where Ted Cruz was. And didn't you describe Ted Cruz's campaign in 2016 or 2015 as being uh, as advanced or more advanced than the 2008 Barack Obama campaign? It's the best on-the-ground organization that's ever been built for a candidate in Iowa. So, yeah, I mean, I think that says it all right there. All right. Uh, Todd. This, this one is from Todd. This is a tweet from an account called NFC North News. Uh, breaking Caleb Williams says he can make more money returning to USC next season. That's USC's Southern California starting quarterback. 
says he can make more money returning to USC next season than as a rookie in the NFL and says he can pick what team he wants to go to because of that. Caleb's only five teams he'd play for are the Cowboys, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and 49ers. Now, this is completely and totally fake news. I mean, there's he, he's not on he's not on record saying anything, but the fact that this is believable, is that fake news or not? No. I think that's real news. I think it is entirely possible he could make more money um, given moving to the Big Ten, the caliber of matchups, uh, the return of things like the EA Sports video game, and he's on the cover of all of that. Do I think that's entirely possible? Or at least he would come close enough that he could then um, try to pick teams more favorable to him? No, I don't think that's fake news. This also isn't necessarily new. John Elway did this 40 years ago. Uh, refused to play for the, for the, for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, he refused to play for them. And they ended up making the, one of the worst trades in NFL history to the Denver Broncos. Eli Manning did this 20 years ago to the then San Diego Chargers. Uh, the, 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 the saintly Mannings refused to play for the team that had their draft status and ended up uh, making the trade with the Giants straight up. They, they got, um, uh, who's the NC State? Phillip Rivers. They got Phillip Rivers. And, uh, and so this, is not, this, this has happened in every generation for the last three. This would just be the third generation a quarterback has tried this. So it wouldn't shock me, given the amount of money at USC, the amount of increased revenue they're going to be getting moving to the Big Ten next year, I absolutely think it's possible that he could at least make enough money that if he doesn't want to walk into the mess that is the Chicago Bears, he could say no. Todd, any thoughts on this? Well, I thought about those examples. What is different about this, though, is though what trends it sets going forward because there were two unique circumstances in terms of the story you just mentioned one is the archie manning uh dynasty there's some uh leverage there that most wouldn't and the most dads would not have which on elway you'll remember the leverage he had is he said i'm gonna go play baseball uh here this, this is setting a precedent that uh a lot of uh number one draft pick quarterbacks in a position that values that position so much uh, this isn't just about Caleb Williams and unique circumstances. This is, I think, ominous going forward. Man, there's one more clip. I think I'll save that for buy, sell, or hold tomorrow. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Well, I want to get you guys' thoughts on Pop Culture Tuesday when we come back in this new movie, The Creator. Because this is this is some sacrilegious crap, man. I mean, this is Darren Aronofsky's Noah-level stuff. It's just a little more subtle because it, we're not purposefully seeing the deconstruction of biblical material like what you saw with Noah and Darren Aronofsky. But this is from the same hive mind. We'll break it down for you and uh, hopefully make it another flop for Disney when we come back. If excessive sweating is something that you are tired of sweating through, contact our friends over at Sweatblock. Their antiperspirant wipes were designed specifically for your underarms, but you can use them all over your body because they really work amazingly well against excessive sweating. Now, what do I mean by this? I mean, if you're working out, you'd want to block sweating, obviously. Like Peloton ride I did this morning was a mother. Okay, so don't want to block sweating there. You're killing you're, you're sweating on purpose 
you're getting toxins and, and other, you know, garbage out of your system and your body. That's all well and good. I'm talking about, man, when there's a big test, um, a big job interview, uh, a first date, public speaking, public singing, where you've got to look your and feel your best, but the pressure is on. The adrenaline gets going, even if you're not feeling the pressure. The adrenaline alone does the trick. That's what we're talking about with the excessive sweating that you can block with our friends at SweatBlock. They've also got a fantastic deodorant stick i love the deodorant lotion so many great plot products to choose from and you can get 20 percent off if you so choose on each of them uh, when you go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code dace for 20 percent off 20 percent off today promo code dace at sweatblock.com again head to sweatblock.com 20 percent off with promo code dace all right let's get to pop culture tuesday this is where we look at the intersection between pop culture and the things that are good, true, and beautiful we're trying to conserve in, in the times in which we live. And I, I wasn't going to see this movie because when I watched the trailer, I, was, I suspected this was heavily sacrilegious. And, and then I saw the reviews. And I thought, hmm, the reviews are saying this movie is really good. It's a movie made by Gareth Edwards, who did what a lot of people think is the only good Star Wars movie that's been done since Return of the Jedi. Rogue One. Or at least it's the best Star Wars movie that's been done since Return of the Jedi. Now, there's a lot of talk that Gareth Edwards' version of Rogue One wasn't up to snuff and people had to come in and basically fix the movie. You know, like the Darth Vader hallway scene, the corridor scene there got added later in the... which is one of the greatest scenes in Star Wars history, by the way. Okay. Nevertheless, we all agree... Rogue One is a triumph, correct? We all agree? Yes. Okay. And he, at, at, on some level, had a heavy hand in the making of that movie. And um, this is his first big budget follow-up in the movie. is called The Creator. And the reviews on it were claiming, you know, this was Dune level of science fiction. One of the best movies of the year. So I thought, okay, let's go check it out. Lions aren't playing this Sunday because, you know, we already played Thursday night. So let's go take a look. To quote the great prophet Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. The movie is exactly what I suspected it was watching the trailer. Um, it's very well made, but it is a blatantly propagandist deconstruction of Western civilization. Blatantly. I mean, to the point that the baddies are driving a, um, are, are driving military gear that says U.S. Army on it. I mean, it's just blatant. If I didn't know any better, I would have thought Yuval Harari, in concert with the CCCP, wrote this script. Here's the basics of, the, of this um, transhumanist apologetic work. We are about 40 years into the future, and AI went rogue and dropped a nuclear bomb on Los Angeles, prompting the Western powers to declare war on all AI and all AI harboring nations, which just so happen to be all the ones in the East. Okay. And this war has gone on for at least five years. The, uh, the West has created like a super weapon that allows them at any, at any point in the planet to undetected uh, if, if, when they find a pocket of AI resistance to take it out. And the Eastern cultures, because, you know, they're not, they're not bogged down by things like a god, right? 
They're not they're not bogged down by anything transcendent. In fact, at one point in this movie, the 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 actual creator of the AI, who's a woman, by the way, of course, the woman is the a woman is a is the creator. The female creator is actually um, she is being worshipped and harbored in a Buddhist temple. I mean, it's, it's just. I mean, why don't we just in crayon like circle the points and stuff? Why don't we try to make this even more obvious for you? See, Buddhism is atheism, by the way. Buddhists are atheists. They won't tell you that they are. They won't. But if you look at their religion, they're atheists. They don't believe in any form of a transcendent creator. They're atheists. So Eastern traditions, not bogged down by patriarchal and oppressive traditional Judeo-Christian thought, but more flexible, more humanistic, are are much more willing and able to incorporate the new transhumanist species because now the AI are, you can sell your likeness so that via three-dimensional printing, the laser, the, the, the AI can actually look human, have human faces and features and not just be, not just take robotic form. And the Eastern cultures not bogged down with ideas of a transcendent God and uh, that is holy and set apart, but much more panentheistic and pantheistic because we're all part of the circle of life here, even the, even the non-living. Um, they're much more able to ingratiate and embrace and incorporate the new transhumanist species into their, their great circle of life as opposed to these just outdated thinkers in the West. Um, all of the Western civilization um, figures, all of the human beings that are homo sapiens are all depicted as deeply flawed and, and, and or immoral, which is, is, is biblical. We are deeply flawed and immoral, right? Except it's, it, the transhumanist species are the ones that are depicted as um, empathetic, uh, wise, infallible, while humans are extremely fallible. They're the next step in evolution. They're what we should aspire to. Um, this is even embodied in the main character played by Denzel Washington's son, who achieves, I guess we'll call it salvation, by sacrificing himself on behalf of the transhumanists at the end of the film. And I could go on, but there is absolutely nothing redeemable about this movie at all. It is rated PG-13 for profanity, but really it is extremely profane, if you understand the original definition of that term. It's extremely profane. West is bad. Western civilization, bad. East is good. Civilizations still clinging uh, to their Bibles and notions of a transcendent creator who is set apart from his creation, bad. Cultures who embrace panentheism, pantheism, the circle of life, we're all one. Even the new transhumanist species are good. This is the most articulate marketing campaign for transhumanism you have seen yet. That's exactly what it is. This is an apologetic. 
This is just like this is this is this is to transhumanism what Cider House rules was to abortion, where Michael Caine's abortion doctor is the hero. This is an apologetic for the transhumanist agenda, straight up. And despite the great glowing reviews the movie has, because it's made by Disney, that seems to be all they do nowadays, it's flopped. Gentlemen, your thoughts, questions, comments, or insults? Just to be clear, innocent humans, and I will take not cosmically innocent, but they minding their own business in Los Angeles got nuked by a that's the premise that's set Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this thing and they're still that happened and they're still the bad guys yeah because you find out later in the film thank you for clarifying that you find out later in the film it was actually human error that caused the nuclear bomb to go off and when the ai win the war they don't plan on extinguishing the humans they just want to be you're gonna love this like the rainbow jihad they just want to be left alone yeah it's amazing. What, what, what two consenting transhumanists do uh, in their Mandarin bedroom? What business is that of yours, Todd? The re- this, it's amazing. It's like they got in a room, probably people our age, Steve, and thought back to our coming of age movies that we watched, and they thought of Terminator. Because that's the beginning of Terminator. But then, but then they thought, okay, we can't have Sarah Connor being like validating humanity by needing to wipe out this scourge. How do we flip that script? Because this, that's what seems like we, we need to flip the script of Terminator. That's what I'm hearing happen in this movie. That's a great way of looking at it, actually. They're Sarah Connor. The humans are the baddies, and the Terminators yes. are the good guys. Because they're the next, they're the next stage of evolution. Throughout that, throughout all, well, I guess to say, I I never kept watching all of the extensions of the Terminator universe, but at le- at least the first two, this is about the, elevating the, uh, the uniqueness of humankind, despite its sins of the past, and to the degree that the Terminators ultimately end up doing good instead of evil it's Mm -hmm. because they come to appreciate or pattern themselves after the good of humanity this is totally flipping that script you know in other eras people that put the fun in fundamentalism like this show would have been concerned about authoritarian streaks within a figure like Donald Trump. But in this era, we're actually disappointed that he wasn't more of an authoritarian when he was president. People who do a show that puts the fun in fundamentalism like this show would have bemoaned, you know, politicians just doing whatever it would take to get reelected with no principle. But in this era, we actually miss that. We, we miss when politicians at least did what we wanted temporarily to get reelected because they don't even do that anymore. In other eras, a show like this one that put the fun in fundamentalism might have been concerned that Walt Disney's company was a little too humanistic. You know, believe in yourself. In this era, we're like, man, remember when Disney was humanistic? You see where I'm going with this? They're gonna. You're saying everything sucks. Everything's worse. 
everything's worse. The, the old sins were dramatically produced a dramatically better society than the new ones. Are they do. retooling the, it's a small world after all right <laughs> now to be the creator ride. I mean, this, this makes believe in yourself with no reference to God look like city of God by Augustine is what this movie does. This is straight up a trans. This is the Walt Disney company produced an infomercial screed of agitprop on behalf of the transhumanist agenda. In fact, the hero, quote unquote, Denzel Washington's kid, several of his limbs are actually artificial limbs. Like an artificial arm, artificial leg. So he's like half transhumanist himself. He's like a transhumanist mulatto. Okay. He's, you know, so. The old, sin, the old sins were better. I actually did see this movie. Uh, I saw it a few times. I saw it uh, late January of uh, 2021, late January of 2022, and late January of uh, this year as well. Uh, it's just Davos and roll tape. That's, that's basically what you're yeah. telling me. Yeah. Is it possible that the transhumanists watched the movie Idiocracy and actually took it seriously. Because the premise of Idiocracy is that the smart people, the elite, failed to reproduce, while the underlings, the low IQ, uh, reproduced uh, abundantly and overpopulated. And that's why you have the Idiocracy that you have. There's a lot of things that are... Um, uh, nail, that are nailed in that movie. But did they take that seriously? And here's what I mean. Every single issue, whether it's the jab, whether it's transhumanism, whether it's artificial intelligence, um, and the jab is kind of, kind of tertiary, secondary or tertiary to this, but everything that the World Economic Forum talks about, it's all in this all-encompassing goal of stopping climate change and what does that always entail what does that always entail depopulation i think they watched idiocracy and took that seriously and i think movies like this uh are probably are part and parcel to that propaganda um because fundamentally and yuval noah harari we just heard it last week out of the horse's mouth he said, yeah, I mean, all of this, all, all the, everything that you've seen them do is under the goal of affecting some sort of global climate response, which really means depopulation. That's what we're really talking mm -hmm. about here. It's just a genocidal campaign. Correct. And it's also the latest movie from the Walt Disney Company. Well, listen, the Disney model did not get to where it did as a success, cultural success, Steve. I think just last week you said, you know, arguably the greatest business. I mean, how, what was the context you brought this up? But you cited Disney as the paramount example. That, of, that Disney was perhaps the most popular corporation in American history. Yeah, well, it's understanding the moment, how to manipulate humans based ostensibly for the good early on but get get them to watch what do they like well 
if they are mass become masters of manipulation, you know, they keep creating content like this to see what finally sticks with us. Now, maybe nobody goes to see this, but the second something like this goes viral, you know, they, they, they understand they've, they've got something that, uh, they've got the right maze that's going to get all of us scurrying perpetually for the right kind of cheese. We're being manipulated constantly by our entertainment industry to find out how they can rule us. That's pretty true systemically across every institution at yes. this point. I mean, basically every, every institution the West created to withstand such things has been overrun by debauchery or corruption. Virtually everyone. And, and that's, that's really why you're watching the death of the West and you'll see the West literally die without revival. We've said it before, Bear saying again, revival or bust. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.